Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. It's nice to see everybody this morning. Nice to have a visit, Mario, and your wife again. I always think that you said your wife worked at Walmart. She does. In uh, Nixa. Well, every time I talk to the one that looks like your wife, she says she's not your wife. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I've got good news, and I've got some good news. The good news is, basically, uh, the, uh, the doctor said I'd go on vacation uh, before the operation. I am praying about it, and basically I've come to the conclusion that if God doesn't perform a creative miracle, by March the 28th, I'm going to have to go under the knife. July the 28th. That's the reason I'm going to go under the knife. because Your brain is so uh, fixed on one area, you can't hardly get your mind on something else. But over the years, it seemed like I should have had this operation probably, what, I don't know, 10 years ago. But at that time, they told me there was nothing you could do about it. And now I'm going to have to go in and do, basically it's extensive, I'll have to have a, basically a disc removed, screws put in, uh, with the possibility, and that possibility is about 50-50, that you will come out paralyzed. But it is preventive, basically, because if I don't have it, then the next disc down is deteriorating that will cut off the bladder and the bowels. And so I'm headed toward the wheelchair either way I go unless God, or I'll put it like this, not unless God can, unless my faith breaks too to truly believe the Word of God. The Word of God says by His stripes I'm already healed. So that's my subject this morning, or basically it's been my subject for quite some time, is to bring my mind and your mind in line with present day truth. And I find out that most of the time, my confession is basically uh, not really in line with the Word of God. And you wonder then why you don't get things from God. And it's because the book is open and we don't read the book as we should. We read it as a history book or a, a future tense book. But we're going to find out that the Bible is present tense. And basically, the Bible is actually God in letter form. So when I refer to the Bible, especially the New Testament, which is our covenant, I look at the New Testament as a person. And that person is absolutely God, the Word, that is here now revealing himself as a present tense God. In other words, our mind is going to have to be transformed from basic Christianity to the open book, to really what the Bible is telling us. So that's what we're looking forward to. We're going to try to take a break, if the Lord permits, 
after next Sunday morning, uh, we always like to go to Colorado ride our bikes, you know, like 20-year-olds. Go up Pikes Peak and look over the side and wonder what would happen if you go off the edge and really stimulate the adrenaline so it makes you feel young again. And uh, I said, well, I need the surgery, but I'm not going. i got to have a vacation. I only get about once a year. The people are so rude to me, they only give me once a year. He said, well, how many do you allow your congregation? I said, well, they're gone about every other week. But uh, I'm only allowed once a year because I think our congregation is prejudiced. I'm finding out that you're absolutely racist. Because if I wasn't white, you would give me more than two weeks a year. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, it's a pitiful world we're living in, right? Honest truth is I'm not of this world. I found out quite a few years ago that basically I was only born here, but my citizenship is in heaven. Actually, I'm an alien. They wonder if there's aliens around. How many aliens we got here this morning? We're foreigners and travelers in a foreign land. When God first sent Adam and Eve down here and created them, transported them, put up a body around them, they messed up. And they caused the portal to be closed to where when I'm born here, I'm stuck here. Until basically the old body goes away, then I can uh, it be carried off in the light and carried to my, back to my home. But we're seeing that this age is fastly coming to a close. If you do keep up with news, you're finding out now that almost every night they're talking about the UFOs that they're seeing. And they're witnessing them every day. It's not something I heard, I saw now. It's absolute scientific proof by our pilots and by film. And it's always amazing how much technology we got that we can see a mole on the moon. And these flying objects always look like a film made in the 50s that you can't hardly see through. I think they got a clear-cut picture, and they know that there's something outside of this world that is here. They don't want to be religious and tell you that basically it's aliens. The Catholic Church wants to hide the fact that maybe Jesus was basically a, an alien from another planet. Now that sounds scientific, but it's according to the Bible. When that angel come to Brother Branham, he appeared in a natural form. He said, don't talk to him. Billy Paul could see him and be his physical. And all of a sudden he breaks up in a light. He's gone. Now, how many would even venture to open your mind to believe that? See? See? Can you open your mind to believe that? All right, then you absolutely are a supernatural believing people. You believe in the supernatural more than you think. If you could sit here and I could show you a picture uh, of a light over an individual, and the FBI says, well, it's a, it's a supernatural light. And you can be open to believe that. Then you have the capability in you to believe in the supernatural. And once you begin to pinpoint what you absolutely believe and can open your mind to, you'll find out that you're not a natural human like the world is. The rest of the intellectual world cannot open their minds to even comprehend or to confess 
that what we're, a few things we're saying could even be possible. So what we're looking at in the message, and I want to thank you for your prayers, and wait, so we're going to try to get, uh, get my mind back over here on announcements. So who's going to buy the equipment? Daniel and Andrew. Oh, you volunteered, Andrew? Thank you, young man, for getting in the mix. Praise God. We need more young people to volunteer. Now we've got somebody to holler at. We always got to have somebody to complain to and about except the preacher. How many knows I'm getting too old to, to ridicule and blame and point out these mistakes? That's disrespectful. Praise God, I'm, I'm perfect. And I, I want to be appreciated that way. So you guys take responsibility for it. We'll make sure you get enough money to buy enough to where everybody will be impressed. And if we're not impressed, I want a receipt. <laughs> I want a receipt to see if we've got our money's worth. Uh, a point on that, do we need to get something for the young people? Maybe we can arrange. We had a, a balloon thing out here, whatever more, for the young kids to play on. How many parents or how many thinks that we might need something like that that they can come a little earlier? Do we have any young people that will like something like that? What is it? Yeah, the blowed up thing I hear where they played on it and all that. I've got two or three ladies over there that's nodding their head. How many? This is a majority. How many would like that? Now, you've got to be responsibility for your little angels running and playing and pushing and shoving and fighting each other. All right, so we'll check on that. Who can I assign? Well, I guess we'll have to do that maybe. Uh, the contract has been approved and accepted to put the new PA system in. So uh, we, we thank the Lord of that. But, you know, like everything else, it takes time. Uh, we're under a 30-day contract, so that means in 30 days they'll tell us that we need 30 more. But that's just the way, that's just the way things are today. But we're under contract, and hopefully they'll get that done very quickly. Uh, I know in my old age, the prophet warned about when you get older, you get in a rut, start telling stories about when you was younger and more, more like that. I don't like to do that too much. I'm always in the now or basically uh, looking down the road, I guess, what we're looking at. But my mind has to come back, and your mind has to come back to present tense. Now, I don't know whether I can get this thought across in this teaching or not and I know it won't in, in one sermon but I'm beginning to present to our minds by the title here faith in the presence of God faith in the presence of God to me means there's a revelation of the presence that's available to me if I can bring my mind in harmony to receive it if I cannot bring my mind in harmony to receive this revelation from God that is here now, I will not be a part of the resurrection and I will not be a part of the rapture. Now, I believe by basically where everybody is that the message people is a called out group. We type it just like Moses in the Exodus. But the majority of people that's been called out by signs and wonders are not the very elected are spiritual in the majority. 
the majority of the people in the message is what we would call foolish virgins. Now that sounds detrimental, but it only means that you're sons and daughters of God, you live a sanctified life, but your mind is occupied with something outside of what's required for the resurrection and the rapture. Our minds have to be focused in a, into a revelation that must become our faith or our confession that our souls will accept to bring it to pass. You're operating on the law of faith, but we must remember that my faith and your faith will not stop the Word of God from being fulfilled. There will be someone on earth somewhere that their mind will be brought to the Word, their confession will be in harmony, and God will manifest His Word in their life to fulfill not all shall die. But let's just face the issue. It will be a very small group that goes in the rapture. What I'm looking at is what is required, what is now here among us that is designed to do that. There's something among us that's designed to put me in harmony with the Spirit to bring forth the gathering bodies. And I think that's what a lot of the UFOs are doing now. Gathering the souls from the four winds ready for the procession to come forth and then the possession in the air as we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's a gathering going on both here in this dimension and also in the other one. And the prophet said he would gather us together in small groups here and there around the world. And then basically in a few months the translation would take place. That to me is what is transpiring. It will not be something that we don't know. It is something that we do know but are not occupied with it. Now, you know as well as I know, and I know myself as well as I know you, that I put it like this. If you have an affliction in your body, 90% of your time and what more is governed by that. If you hurt, you hurt. And there's not much that will take your mind off of that. If our mind can be taken off of that to the Word of God, then we have a promise to relieve the problem. Most of us cannot take our mind off of the problem enough for the Word of God to take care of the problem. Because my confession down in here, what I think I know is more real than the unseen. After a period of time, let's say five or ten years, there's something about your mind and your spirit that telling you this is something I'm going to have to tolerate or there might be an answer down the road. That's what the rapture is. The rapture, which is the climax of a revelation, is not down the road. It is right here among us now. Okay. That is what I'm trying to point to, which sounds like a repeat. Now, I'm reading you a quote this morning that sounds like I'm doing exactly what the prophet said not to do. But pointing it out, showing us that we are human, and if we're not careful, 
we fall in the same rut over and over and over and never really come to the right mental attitude toward the presence to make it manifest. In other words, according to the Scripture, if I ask you a question, how many would like for the Holy Spirit to come this morning and bless us? Everybody would say amen. Well, the Scripture said He's already here. And you're already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Well, then why am I asking for Him to come then? It's because of the way that we read the Bible and the way that we have been preached to forms our thinking about God. I'm saying that thinking of fundamental Christianity, Jesus saved me 2,000 years ago. I joined the church. I'm living right. Now I'm looking for Jesus to come. That's fundamental Christianity. Must be done away. There has to be a change of our mind to the message of the hour. And the message of the hour is He is here. He is here. We've tried to explain the He. And that He to me is what we call the Logos. And John 1, 1 calls it the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. God. It was only displayed in the beginning as a light. That light we call the Shekinah glory. We call it the Son of God. We call it the Holy Spirit. We call it the Word. What I'm saying is the Word, the Logos, is here, and that is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday today and forever, meaning not the man Jesus that died on Calvary to save you, but the God and the anointing and the Spirit of God that was in Him doing the works and finishing up His plan to bring us under a covenant of the finished work of Calvary. In other words, everything that God's going to do through redemption is already done past tense, sitting here as a bank for you to draw on it according to your faith. Nothing will come forth in our lives without faith. Condition, or we say we're waiting on the squeeze. The squeeze is only bring a condition that brings you to a point of total desperation where nothing in your mind, nothing that you know that you can do, can change the condition, change the situation, or get you out of the problem. When the electricity goes off, the electricity is off. When the money goes out of the bank, the money is out of the bank. When politics goes to the wrong place, it just gone to the wrong place. When the world has gone insane and America is leading the path to insanity, we are totally now under demonic power and demonic situations and answers. It is ordained of God. It will happen. It must happen because the scripture has already told us that it would happen. Amen. And we're not going to stop it. So therefore, knowing it's going to come, we need to make sure that we're in the right state of mind in that time of trial, 
Because that trial is only to bring forth my faith to put me out of the harm so he can destroy the rest. Amen. So we're looking at what was required. People turn it the second coming of Jesus Christ. I do not term that. I'm not looking for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because when that happens, I will come back with him. How many believes you're going to come back with him? To come back with him, you need a revelation to go up there to come back. That's what this message is all about. He is here to bring forth the sleeping saints. Change your body and transport you through a portal to another dimension. Of which we will be comfortable in after we get there. Because that's where we come from. So keep, my, keep me in prayer. Keep the people in prayer. And let us look at this subject. Faith in the presence of Christ. And you notice I put Christ because it is the anointing that we're in the presence of. It is a light. And what we're going to try to do this morning is make sure that we see, and by the notes, that your New Testament, your Bible, has to become a new book to you. It has to become a book that you understand that is present tense. You say, well, it says Jesus is coming. Jesus is here. See, the four Gospels and the New Testament locked up and sealed, like in a book, sealed with seven seals, has been veiled or locked up to our minds and to our understanding for two days or 2,000 years. But the Bible promises after two days, which is 2,000 years, it will be loosed and our minds will be open to the open book that we can truly understand and identify ourselves as sons and daughters of God and manifest that fact in this dimension to the world before we leave. Amen? So that's what we're looking at is basically faith in the presence of Christ. Christ being the anointing. Being a light, now understood as a message. Because if it's just a spirit, if all you're looking for is the spirit, we can probably muster up a spirit. We can feel good at it. We can probably dance, shout, maybe even get somebody delivered with the spirit. But when that spirit leaves, what, are you, what do you got? Nothing. So we're looking at a presence that designed to open up your mind, transform it by giving you true interpretation of himself, which is God the Word. If you can see God the Word, confess it as it really is in reality, every word spoken out of your mouth is deity speaking. And who is the body? The believers. Therefore, where is God veiled today would be in his believers or his body. Then you and I become the substance of Christ, the mystery of God, now revealed. The world says, and Paul says, that the world out here is waiting for you and I to manifest this revelation that's been given to us 
manifest that revelation to the world that we are truly sons and daughters of God. All right. So we're going to try to follow the notes here real carefully. This is not something that we haven't been over. We're just asking us to apply our minds and basically try to bring it down to a concept that will actually work for us. We're not looking at a past. God can. We're looking at now. Now faith is. Now faith. All right. So we're looking at the presence of God promised at the end time. And we understand, according to the Bible, that the lessons thus far, that the Bible speaks of this arrival, this presence that we call a pillar of fire, a light, that there's a time when it will arrive on the scene. Because Brother Bam said, now, when this light comes, it's a light that has not been here for 2,000 years. But it is the same one that appeared to Paul as a light, where Paul said, who are you, Lord? And that light said, I am Jesus. That same light that brought the children of Israel by Moses out of the Exodus, that same light that has appeared all through the New Old Testament, even to the New, down to today, that light is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We look at that light as the Holy Spirit or the anointing, but it can only come to a reality by hearing the Word of God and you understanding and basically bringing that hearing to a faith, which is a confession. I can sit here and read it to you over and over and over, and you can sit here for 10 years. Unless your mind is opened to believe and confess exactly what the Word says, there will never be a manifestation in our lives to the promises of God. You say, well, I accidentally got better. I got a better job. What more? God's good. God is good. He watches over us in our ignorance. He watches through over our trials. He watches over through our problems. He watches to see how we're going to react to the things and the trials of this life. This trial that I'm going through is not God putting me through something. It's actually an enemy putting you through something. Because before I went down, I was healthy. And I screamed and hollered and beat the devil as much as I can. So, guess who? You got an enemy. Any sickness is contrary to God. Any affliction is contrary to God. He said, well, I brought it to pass. Irregardless, God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And he promised that he would never leave you. So no matter where you're at in your trial, God is right there in the midst of that den of lions with you so no matter how dull we think the service is or that God is not a hundred miles from this and I thought the same thing as you have some man if God is around I don't know where he was at but that is a negative confession denying and expressing doubt that God keeps his word because he said where two or three are gathered together in my name and the name is the revelation of present-day gospel where the eagles have been gathered together to a revelation. And we come together with the promise that he will feed us of himself, the word of God, and we'll walk out of here our souls satisfied. We come to hear and our soul be fed by the word of God. So we're not looking for any preacher. We're not looking now for any prophet. We're looking for me to read the word of God the Holy Spirit revealed the word to me, 
and I act upon it, and the Word and myself become one. This Bible must become a partner, a person, walking along right beside of you because that's what he said he was. So there's what we're looking at now. So we're looking at a promised arrival, something descending, someone being here, and we say that someone is God himself, and I, I put it in the form of a light. Now without a physical expression, you will never know it. There has to be a physical channel of expression to let someone know that something invisible is present. We call that a prophet. We call that a preacher or minister. Someone that's anointed with our understanding to bring forth a truth that we can hear. And then that hearing becomes real to us, becomes our faith, and becomes our spirit, and becomes our anointing that we walk under as anointed messiahs under the presence of Almighty God. My God is here. A part of His life is in me called my soul. He promised by His Spirit through the Word of God that He would open my understanding and bring my right mental attitude toward the presence that those things that I desire of Him, He will give us if we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we should not have any lack, especially physically or mentally. And that's the reason why I believe the gospel is boiled down to two subjects today in modern Christianity, and that is prosperity and health. I can get you going to heaven in two or well, maybe five seconds. How many believe Jesus Christ died for you and raised from the dead? If you believe that, raise your hand. All right, you're going to heaven, join some church, you're saved. That's the basic foundation of Christianity. That's not, that might get you started, but that's not Christianity. That's not sons and daughters of God manifesting the gospel. We want something that's real. Something more basic than that. So what we see is, in the scripture, we see that there's something called God, the anointing, a light. that's supposed to have a period or a time that it arrives here on the scene and is here over a period of time now. And according to scripture, the New Testament, the New Testament lays out step by step, just like the process to glorification, it lays out step by step what that presence will do what the conditions will become, and the outcome of the position at the end. As long as the period gets longer, the people that will believe it and have the right attitude towards it will get less and less and less. Most people that's foolish virgins, Pentecostal, will revert back to the light of another age because without the Holy Ghost or the revelation of the presence, they have to depend on experience that they once had, and they go back and trust that experience and walk according to what they think that they know. Boy, that was a mouthful, wasn't it? So that's what we're looking at. So with the promise now, this period of time, the Bible promises me that from this presence, and the presence is the presence of God in the form of a light. And that light is a revelation, which is the New Testament or the Word now becoming clear to us that we could read according to the open book. And that reading of the Word and believing as it is written will bring the manifestation of God 
into our midst. So we want to see this presence now that's uh, told us in Revelation 10, 1 to 7. You'll find out that there are certain scriptures that I go over and over and over, and you should know them as well as I do. And when I quote the scripture, like 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, you should also know that that scripture tells you, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. That is already past tense. See, our minds had to be renewed. I'm not looking for the Lord to descend from heaven with a shout. He's already descended heaven with a shout. And I must hear what that shout was, which is a message given to the church for them to hear and act accordingly. Okay. So we're going to look at this coming forth of this presence. And we see who the presence is. And it's called in Revelation 10.1, I saw another mighty angel which is basically a messenger. And this is a heavenly messenger. I believe it is none other than revelation of Jesus Christ, the Logos. This is God himself, the Logos, called the Holy Spirit, or the Word, absolutely coming as his own messenger. God is the message, and God is the messenger. So God is the message, and God, the messenger, comes to give you a message revealing himself to you. In other words, I can explain myself to you better than anybody else can. So we, if I need a true understanding of my Father, which is God the Word, who can better do it than God Himself coming down, getting our attention? He's got to get your attention first. You've got to believe, wait a minute, now that's God that's doing that. Okay, now what is God telling me? Because what He's telling me is what I need to have to receive what I need as far as physical, mental, financial, whatever it is, coming out of my mouth and acting as it is already done. Everything that comes from God is already finished. That's the hard part. According to the Scripture, you and I are already justified. We've been made righteous. When was I made righteous? When God raised Jesus from the dead. That sacrifice was accepted. And we were made righteous by that perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You are not made righteous by anything you do except believing what God said He accepted. If God said, this is my son, hear ye him, then that's the only way you're going to get in is to hear ye him. Well, I believe in God and Jesus was a good man. No, he's, God said, you take this son. He's the only way that you're going to get to me. So therefore, the revelation of the Son of God is the open door that will get you into my presence, and that presence will identify you as my son and daughter. Praise be to God. I'm getting the, the pains almost leaving. When the anointing comes, the pain leaves. So if I anointed all the time, I wouldn't need an operation. What? I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven. Now, where was this angel? Now, I'll get carried away. We won't even get through the text. But this angel is the one that was sitting on the throne. In chapter 4, he's sitting on the throne. And there's a book out here in front of this throne. And everybody's saying, uh, who can take the book? Who can take the book? Who can take the book? 
that book represents the book of redemption, or that book is basically the uh, New Testament, which is a revelation of God, our covenant, sealed up. If it's sealed up, I cannot read it with an understanding. It's not mysterious. The truth is already there. It's just covered over. Now, what covered over the truth? Misteaching of the sealed book. If I can only get one piece of the puzzle out of a hundred, I might get a tree, I might get a cow, I might get an airplane. I might put those three pieces together, but all the background around it has to be in order for me to see the clear picture. If those pieces are hid from me, I cannot put it together. That's where the natural mind, called the church, has been now for 2,000 years. But in 1963, God absolutely come into the church as the Holy Ghost Himself, as a person, as a spirit, as a message to basically unveil Himself, which is the New Testament that you can clearly see that Jesus Christ is alive, the blood was sufficient, praise be to God, and that He's alive among us, making Him live today in the church are the believers. Praise be to God. He wants somebody to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Worshiping God in spirit is what? I believe that God is here. He's doing for me exactly what He said He would do. My mind is right. My mental attitude toward the promise of God is right. My confession is right. My gospel is right. So hallelujah, I'm in the presence of God. And we don't look like, uh, let me put it, sourdough Christians. If most people looked at Christians today, now, and I'm only interested in the message, follow it. Most of us are depressed. Most of us are sick and lame. Most of us live in fear. Most of them don't have enough money to buy two loaves of bread at the same time. In other words, if I looked at the believers today, I'd say, wait a minute. These people are not happy. They're not blessed. They're sick. Everything that Christianity is supposed to prosper and do for me, I cannot see that alive in the people. There's no joy. There's no worship. There's no victory. There's not a, it seems like there's not a knowledge that God is present. He must be off somewhere. But that's the devil anointing your mind contrary to the present tense word. I can declare to you this morning, according to the word of God, and according to faith, that the Holy Spirit is among us here now. There's angels among us now to break the powers of darkness. And if we would open our mind and say, Get thee out, Satan, you are nothing but a liar. I come to worship God this morning. And whether I feel like it or whether I don't feel like it, I'm going to say, Praise God anyhow. And when I praise God, God said, I will dwell in the praises of my people. Because why? He's not on a far journey. He's waiting for you to bring him into manifestation by opening your mouth and worshiping God. Praise be to God. If the Pentecostal Jubilees can basically get uh, excited over a, a story of Samson and run around the building and throw money on the platform, what should we be like when I say God our Father is absolutely here among us? He's opened himself to us. We have a promise. We have a revelation. I'm already redeemed. I'm already healed. I'm already sanctified. I'm already glorified. Praise God, I'm only acting out the word of God and making it real. 
and I'm looking at the clock, and the clock is running out of time. It's time for us to get out of here to my victory and my reward. I'm fixing to be changed to go in a rapture. Rapture season is here, but it is a revelation. Now, 30 minutes on a half a verse of Scripture, that is wonderful. I used to pray that that would be true. Verse 2, this angel comes down here. He promised to come, and this angel comes down here, and basically he's clothed with a cloud. Rainbow was on his head. That's, oh, that's the one on the throne now. His face was like the sun. That's Revelation chapter 1. Who are we talking about? The Son of Man. Here's a description of Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever, according to Revelation 1. Watch, his feet like pillars of fire. So what's going to be visible here on earth to tell us that he's here? A light, a pillar of fire, a message. How are we going to see it? There's got to be signs, wonders, and evidence that he is here. Once he proves that he is here, then I am required to believe that. Not that he appeared and done something and left. He appeared and he stays. He's only here according to your faith. Come on. If, your, if my faith, if God would absolutely, which would be a supernatural gift, if God by His Spirit would reveal to me this morning, by inspiration, that I am completely healed, even a creative miracle, once that faith absolutely strikes the soul here, my body would be changed instantly. Because there's enough power in my soul if I can get it released to my body through my mind, it absolutely will fulfill the Word of God. And Brother Bram said if it's not God and he doesn't do it, then he's a liar and the Bible don't even need to be listened to. God will keep his word to the letter. Amen. Amen. That's what we're looking at. Watch. This one that comes down from heaven, he has a little book open. Now in Revelation chapter 4, 5, and 6, the book was closed sealed up with seven seals and we understand that that was sealed up through seven church ages there was a part it's sealed up with seven seals and now we come to this hour that the bible was written here's the book in the presence of god unable to be read and understood by the church oh we got doctors of divinity they know greek and hebrew what more no 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 one can read this bible outside of the holy ghost anointing your mind and revealing to you exactly what it is saying in the present tense. In other words, you've got to get your words right and your pronouns right to understand exactly what it meant. That's the reason I was pushing to you last week. What's the difference in Jesus is coming and the Jesus is here? Well, there's a lot of difference, right? So in my confession, if I go to church and I hear, oh, Jesus is coming. Praise God, look at the signs of the time. Jesus is coming. Jesus. All right, that would be my confession. That's different than Jesus is here. If the Bible is telling me that someone's here and I act like someone's coming, I can't get the results of why he's here. He wouldn't be here to me. How many is following now? If you don't believe someone is here, he's not here to you. Praise the Lord. If I say that he's here, and you've got confidence in the spoken word, because it's according to the written word, and it's in line with the vindicated word, 
at least beginning with your mind, we should be able to say that's what the Word says. If the Word says He's here, I say He's here. My confession says He's here. Once my soul believes that He's here, I have the petition that I desire of Him. My desire is to see the sleeping saints to get out of this tired body into a new one. Hallelujah. That almost makes a one-legged Baptist shout. Praise God. Irregardless of what the devil does or any affliction or any pain, I know it is the devil. I am not fighting and begging God to do something for me. He's already done it. I'm only fighting the devil to get what's already mine. Health is mine. God didn't put me here to be sick or to stay sick. He put me here to be well. He put me here to be an example. He put me here to be happy, wealthy, and wise. He put me here to make the world and unbelievers jealous over God's blessed sons and daughters of God. We are a privileged people this morning if we only accept it and act on it. You got a million dollars in the bank. You know the combination. Let's open the safe and get something out of it. He had in his little book, a little book open. Now remember, that little book is open, and that little book is representing the New Testament. It's the book of redemption. It's, there's a book on the back of the book, which is the book of Revelation. It's sealed up. The book of Revelation is sealed up because the seventh seal has to be loosed off of the book before you can understand that God is here. Now, if you've been around the message for years, you know there's always been this verbal warfare. Is the seventh seal open? Well, Revelation 10, 1 to 7 is the seventh seal. Here's your seventh seal right here. And it speaks about the coming of an angel, which is none other than God himself, coming down here with an open book to bring you a revelation. What else is he coming for? He's got to bring the church a revelation of himself, of who he is and why he is here, for us to believe it and become the word manifested in flesh. All right. He had on his left foot on the left and cried with a loud voice. That loud voice is 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. The Lord himself shall descend with a shout, which is a loud voice declaring, I am here. Praise be to God. As when a lion roars, and he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Without these seven thunders uttering their voices, which is only the understanding of the mystery hid by each thunder, there is a revelation hid. When the thunders sound forth, it only clarifies or interprets the seal to us to have the complete revelation of the open book. And you notice the first four seals was on the mystery of iniquity and the Antichrist spirit that are here today. Watch. Now, when the seven thunders uttered their voices... That was March 1963. So we're not too far back in history. I was about to write, here's John now, 
which John always types the end time bride. And basically here the bride, or John said, I was about to write down what I heard. I was about to write, but I heard a voice now from heaven saying, Seal up the things with the seven thunders uttered, and do not write them. In other words, something was spoke. John was going to write down what he heard those thunders say. And he was forbidden to write down what they said. Until we know what they said, you cannot have an understanding of the Word of God. You say, oh, we know a lot about the Bible. We don't know nothing about the Bible as we should. The Bible is one of the most mysterious books there is. Anything that you want is right here in this book. All right. When the seven thunders uttered the voice, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Seal up those things with the seven thunders uttered and write them not. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and upon the land, which we know represents the two kingdoms, uh, Protestantism and Catholicism, raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, which that's God himself now, who created heaven and the earth, things that are in the earth and the things that are in it and the sea and the things that are in it, that there should be uh, no delay no longer. In other words, time or this period of time shall be no longer delayed, but it absolutely starts a period of time called the days of the Son of Man, a period of time where His presence is here to finish up the Word of God. So there has to be a time where He arrives, and there, from that arrival we're going to see there has to be a message or a revelation from that one to basically bring us to the end events. Now watch. But in the, days of the vo in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, this must be a New Testament, New King James, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he was about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished. All right, what is the mystery of God? Christ, the Logos, the anointing, is the mystery of God revealed. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. The anointing is the mystery of God, the written word, now revealed to make a spiritual person real. The Holy Ghost is not a feeling. It's a person. He's God. And I don't mean to sound this way, but most of us, or hardly any of us, has ever entered into the presence of God. You say, well, I've been in some mighty good meetings. I've, seen, I've been in meetings where I've seen miracles and everything else. But it was only the anointing, our gifts being operated. The presence of God is so unexplainable. And according to the prophet, it would absolutely freeze your blood in your veins. And he said the presence of God really showed up as the pillar of fire that the prophet stood in. It would climb under the carpet and hide in fear of the presence of God. Every time the presence of God showed up, we find people always was afraid and run from it. We want this what more good spirit, but the good spirit can only be known by what it says. If I'm anointed to preach or any preacher standing here that is anointed to preach, he's going to tell you what God is saying now. Anybody, any one of you can get up and read a story and tell me what Daniel done 
I'm not too much interested in what Daniel done. I'm interested in what God is doing now in my life and your life to bring his plan of resurrection and rapture, which is my immortality to pass. I'm getting old. My time has run out. But I've always had the faith that it wouldn't run out before I get out of here. So me and the devil is having this two by two. He said, you're not going to make it? I say, I am. If I can get two or three to agree with me, praise God, we're going to make it out of here. And we're going to resist this lying devil. We're going to resist him not only with a little prayer. We're going to resist him with our mouth, with our action, with our money, with our time, our attention, our mind, and everything else. We'll do it. It'll come. So we promise here, notice, that this mighty angel which is none other than God himself, the Lord himself. That's the pillar of fire, the Logos. According to 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, which we should know, which said, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. We have now, as I said in your notes, we've gone over that over and over and over and over. But I want to stress the fact this morning, I was looking at it, reading it over this week, that this little book he has in his hand is open. If it's open, you can now read it and understand it. Let's just be real. Most of us cannot read the Bible and understand spiritually what it's saying. Anybody that knows how to read can read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting this condemnation. So we can all read that. And understand basically, well, God gave his son, so on, so on, so on. But it's not present tense. It's not a real living spirit in us. Praise God. The old Pentecostals knew that God was here and the baptism of the Holy Ghost would come. And brother, they'd come in the door shouting, speaking in tongues, playing a tambourine and everything else. You could not convince them that the Spirit of God wasn't there. But when they got corrected on their little innyannies, what happened? That old smooth the cat the wrong way hair come up. Pentecostal become more critical. They condemned this message. It was against everything that the light told them. Their little flashlight or little match that they thought they had. Oh, I'm a great preacher. I spoke in tongues. That little match they thought, they thought that could outshine the glory of God. Brother, the manifestation through a prophet of God is like a lightning out of heaven compared to little flashlights of these idiots running around thinking they know something or can do something. I'm talking about the one that's here, already done it, created it, established it, declared he's here, and already told us what he's going to do for us. Yes, sir. So this little book is open. So we should not war in our minds that basically the seventh seal is not open. But remember, the seventh seal is the coming of the Lord. Now, if I got in my mind that the coming of the Lord is Jesus coming back, then I'm still waiting for it. Ninety percent of this message still look for Jesus to come. He's not here according to them. He's not here according to the way they read the Bible. And I guarantee you, I can take quotes about Brother Brown and quotes. I can put him here. I can put him down the road. I can put him in history. Uh, by quotes, I can put him almost anywhere I want him to put him. 
I can make Jesus God. I can make him the son. I can make him a prophet. I can make him almost anything by quotes. You will never understand this message by quotes. You will only understand it as you listen to the uh, word being revealed to you by a prophet. So your minds can be renewed that when you absolutely go to God, the word, you can receive and feed your soul on the word of God. Because why? The word is the only thing that you should have total trust in. Most of you, I trust Brother Greg. You you can trust me about as far as I I can read the word wrong. I got total trust in this word. I got total trust in God who is the word. I got to trust that by his election and his grace, he will keep my mind open to the word and close to everything else but that. But my mind is open to hear because if I got a preconceived idea and I close my mind, oh, that guy's not right, I will never move any farther with God. And we know that we got to move farther. So it's basically understanding and bringing our discipline down to a mental conception that God's word is right according as it is written. Can I hear a praise the Lord? All right. That was a late praise the Lord. Can I get a unison praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Thank you. So now then, since this book is open now, it's not veiled any longer. It's open and we're compelled to go into it. That the revelation given to the apostle Paul can come to its restored state. That the seven thunders now that Paul didn't know, those thunders and the present the end time will bring me from where Paul left me to glorify, to glorify my body. Paul knew it was coming, but the revelation of the presence, what was going on that we call the message, Paul didn't know. He knew about it, but he didn't know how it was going to be. And now he is present here, and you and I are the only ones that's open to what God has already done. All right. Well, the time's unrun out. Praise the Lord. Amen. Watch. Uh, since the book of the New Testament is open and now becomes a new book, we cannot read the Bible anymore as a history lesson. I cannot come in here and preach you stories and allegories to give you morals in life for you to live by. The ministry, as far as I believe, is to come in and tell you what God has already done. Make it clear to you by the Scriptures that you can believe it, act on it, and see it manifested in your life. So it's not a history book any longer. It is not a future tense book. If you're already glorified according to the Word of God, and that's my, qu- and that's my confession. I'm already justified. I'm already uh, sanctified. I'm already glorified according to the Apostle Paul. My confession is I am justified. I am sanctified. I'm already glorified. How can you say you're glorified, Brother Greg? Because I have received the revelation of Jesus Christ the Word in His final perfect state. He is here. Are you following me now? 
if I hear and tell all my life, someone's coming, and I get an uh, understanding of him, and he, I believe he's six foot tall, he weighs 500 pounds, he got long hair, blue eyes, what more, and someone walks up five foot two, black hair, beady eyes, whatever more, I said, that's not him. If I preach, oh, Jesus loves me, he's this, he's the caretaker, he's this, what more, on and on, poor deal, and, and someone comes up with a book in his hand, and he judges, he begins to condemn the women, condemn the churches, condemn all these, oh, oh that's not my Jesus, no, 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 my Jesus is, a, he's lovely, he's peaceful, he's full of love, oh my, my, my. In other words, without the open book, we got a picture of Jesus Christ that's not according to the Bible. Are you following me now? All right, Brother Bram sitting here and glorify Jesus. The only way that that boy, which he's talking about Abel now, can know that that was a right sacrifice. How did Abel know to get a lamb? How did he know? Didn't have a Bible, didn't have anybody tell him. It had to be a spiritual revelation from God. It's been ever since spiritually, it's been ever since then, spiritual revealed truth. Spiritually revealed truth. In other words, the truth is there, veiled to our understanding, now it's unveiled. Okay. How God, in His mercy, watched through the operation of the Holy Spirit, with His Word now, reveals spiritual truth, the Word itself. That's God Himself. If you're trying to read it, well, here's, here's, our, here's where we're coming from. And it seems like I'm doing exactly the same thing this morning. If you're trying to read it from some educational standpoint, and if you look at my office, and all the books I've got upstairs, downstairs, and in boxes, you would think that I was looking from God from an intellectual standpoint. And I'll guarantee you in all the thousands of books I've got, not a one of them knows too much about God, period. You just read it like, uh, like you was trying to figure out mathematically something. Now, that's the way we're putting this doctrine to you by Scripture. It's like we're trying to figure out something, but we're not. I'm trying to give you the mechanics of the revelation. Watch. But if you read it after you have received Christ into your heart, let's call that the new birth, or let's call it the message of the hour. Once you read the Bible after you have accepted the message of the hour, after you have received the presence of God, that He is here. It's just a love story then. God writing it to you. Watch. It's spiritually revealed. God's church is absolutely a spiritual revelation now of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was in glorified Jesus. Now watch. Here's what the man said. Now look back where I once was. Now, I'm above that. We're above when we were basically living in the world, drinking, cussing, smoking, doing everything we want to do. We come now trying to clean our lives up. We're a little above that. Now, watch. By His grace, He lifted me up. By His grace now. He lifted me up, and here I am now, seated in heavenly places in Christ. You are not physically aware of that this morning. But according to the Word of God, you and I are sitting in heavenly places 
in Christ Jesus. Why? Because His Word is coming across, feeding our souls, instructing our minds, and we know that's the way the Holy Spirit does it, with the promise that He's here to make sure we get it and get it right. All right. There you are. Then the Bible becomes a new book. How many, how many read your Bible? I'm not going to put you on the spot. How many read it every now and then or once a day or once a week? You read your Bible a little bit every now and then, right? How many read your Bible a little bit every day? Amen. That's what feeds your soul. That's what, that's what it is. Watch. The Bible becomes a new book. Now, are we reading this Bible now as the new book? Then you're reading it through spiritual eyes and spiritual understanding. In other words, like when I read Matthew 24, 1 to 3, what is a sign of your coming? We went over it. I don't read that as it's written. I read that as it's revealed. What is a sign that you're going to be literally present with me? Because that's what it really says. Well, if someone didn't tell you that, you wouldn't know it. Absolutely. I wouldn't know it unless I was interested enough to look the word up, to see what it means, to put it in its proper context, so I can understand what the Bible is telling me. What is the sign that you will be literally here with the church? That's a lot of difference, isn't it? What is a sign that you'll be literally here in the church? We know that the, the great sign, when Israel become a nation in 1946, the Bible said when a fig tree puts forth its branch, know ye one thing, that God is here fulfilling His Word. That puts us in the, modern, in the present tense. Now watch. You must read it through spiritual eyes. What? Then you see the nouns and pronouns. Huh. Then you see coming is perusia, our presence. And you see basically the nouns and the pronouns, what it's saying and what it's not saying. And then you see the junctions. What kind of junctions are you looking for? I'm already over time and I hadn't got anywhere yet. What are the junctions are we looking for? We're looking for the days of the Son of Man. And we're looking for the day that the Son of Man is revealed. I'm looking at a period of time when he said he would be here. And I'm looking for the reason why he's here because he's going to bring a revelation while he's here. So if I don't receive the revelation of what he's here for and doing, then the presence doesn't do nothing for me. I might as well go to the Baptist method or I might as well just stay at home. Eat, drink, and be merry and hope God gives me enough money to do what I want to do. We're looking at a plan of God for him to take his children out of here glorified. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I won't keep you that long if you ever say, praise the Lord. If you get happy and shout, we'll close this service up. We're looking for God to do what he said he would do, and we believe that he's here doing it. Amen. Let's put it that way. Watch. Then you can see the nouns and pronouns, and then you can see the junctions and the conjunctions, I mean, and so forth, in the Bible. In other words, there's junctions, conjunctions, time elements, and things in the Bible that now you can read and clearly see. That's what we're trying to get across. One more quote, and Karen, y'all can come. We'll, I guess we'll try to bring this to a close. I didn't even get to this good sermon this morning, but we'll get to it. Now watch. Brother Bram said, now here, and this is 1965. He goes all the way to the end, which is God 
God's power to transform. What's God's power to transform? The Word. But the power to transform is basically the open, revealed Word. Luther's Word won't transform me. Baptist doctrine won't transform me. Pentecostal doctrine won't transform me. We tried Pentecostal doctrine now for, what, 60 years. It hadn't transformed. It's deformed us. So the Pentecost, the baptism is not the end product. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is giving you this hour to understand and see God, the Word, here among us. All right. I know that sounds like Greek, but it's not. Watch. It's very hard because people, speaking to people who feel the same way I do, and the way I have been for many years, but since the opening of the seven seals, that's Revelation 10, 1 to 7, we just got through reading, of them angels just behind the mountain yonder, that's 1963, what we call the cloud of the angels coming to fulfill the word. This has become a new book. Now, back in 80, I got to scream and holler and evangelist. I go out somewhere and I can preach the book, the new book, the new book, and every, all the Pentecostals will scream and holler, shout, speak in tongues, and we'd have a wonderful time and didn't even know what the book said. It's the things that's been hid is now being revealed as God promised in Revelation 10. So Revelation 10, 1 to 7, God has promised to come down here with the open book to do something for me. And the only thing I can see is going to do something for me with an open book is to give me an understanding of what's in that book. Because faith comes by hearing. I've got to understand what's in the book. And I've got to understand it correctly according to how His presence is today. All right. And we are privileged people that God has chosen of the earth that we might see and understand these things. Do you realize this morning, shake yourself, pinch your conscience, put a, a needle in your rear end, and understand you are a chosen people this morning to even sit and listen to these things that's already been done. If you want to be one of these blessed ones down to uh, James River to see the fireworks and the shows and whatever more, then basically you're not the elect. You are elected and privileged to hear and recognize God Himself is here and what He's doing for you. Whether you really understand it or not, He's still performing His Word in your life and my life. All right. And we are privileged people that God has chosen of the earth that we might see and understand these things, which is not some mythical fleshly mind of a person trying to make it up. It's the Word of God made manifest, proven that it's right, Proven, not by science, but by God, that is right. God, as I have said before in a message, God doesn't need anyone to interpret His Word. He is His own interpreter. He says it. He says it'll happen. It'll happen. He confirms it. That interprets it. When God confirmed the seal was open, that interpreted it. When God confirmed that Elijah was here, that interpreted the Word of God. All right, watch a few years ago when we, we Pentecostal people and the other churches told us that we were crazy, uh, we could not watch the Holy Ghost was a thing past. But we find out that God's promise was to whosoever will. Who's it for? Who's it for? It's for me. It's for you. It's not for you only. 
It's for whosoever will that will open his mind and listen. Because it's not something hid or something special that you've got to be a winged angel to get to it. It's sitting here open for you. It's absolutely laying open. It's like a table spread, come and dine, come and dine. It's here before you. There's not something coming, it's here. It's not God's going to do something for you. He's already done it. Come on. He's already said, come. Oh, Lord, can we walk on water? I believe we can be water walkers. Not can be. We are water walkers. We can do it. Why? Because he tells us we can do it. Lord, if that be you, bid me come. I know people say, well, if this is the truth, Lord, uh, give me a sign. He's already, he's already give you every sign. What are you questioning? What are you looking for? Oh, I'm looking for God to do great things. No, He's already done great things. The only great things that you should be looking for is those great things that you're doing to prove that He's already done a great thing in your life. Are you following me? I don't need God to pull a rabbit out of a hat for me to go turn the burner on and put the onions in to make a stew. He's already given me the rabbit. And I said, oh, Lord, I got a rabbit, but I'm hungry. Oh, Lord, uh, skin the rabbit, cut the rabbit, uh, boil the rabbit, put it in for, uh, and then put it on the table, give me a spoon. Oh, by the way, Lord, just spoon feed me. Lord, my, what kind of sons and daughters is that? That's the kind that we got today. We spoil it. We give them enough money. We give them a car. We give them this. We give them that intro. On and on and on. And it's, oh, no. It's about time you do something on your own. You got a car, put gas in it. Well, I don't want to put gas in. I got work to put gas in. But then you don't need one. What you need is a revelation for God to give you one. If he gave you one, God revelation to put gas in it. You've got to take some responsibility. <laughs> oh, Lord, prosper me to be in hell. I'm going to lay in bed all day. You'll starve to death. You've got to have enough sense to understand God gave you the gun Shoot the rabbit. He gave you the quarter by the bread. He gave you the promise. Put it in your mouth and claim it. In other words, be willing to take up the sword. We're willing to take up the fight. You got an invisible enemy called the devil. And he's got demons and powers and imps and lies and everything else. And every one of them is designed to destroy your mind and your body. He said, well, it's worse now than it was 20 years ago. You better believe it's worse now because there's 200,000 demons that's been loosed to come against our minds because if I can distract your mind, I will shut your confession off. If I shut your confession off, I have shut your faith down. And I don't have to do nothing else. I can let you go to church, read your Bible, pray every day, because I know that you're not going to cause me any harm because you're not going to raise up and give me any trouble. You will not fight the devil. Quit begging God for things. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself. I know better. 
But I find out that the carnal mind, the carnal tongue, always goes back to the past or always a hope of the future, and we miss what's going on. Brother Bram said, now watch. And now he promised that the mysteries that was hid in those seals all through those church ages would be revealed right at the end time. That's where we're at. These mysteries are going to be revealed to us, and they have been revealed to us. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. And he lets us know now, we are at the end time. We're here now. Well, praise God. Brother Gregory was upset this morning. He read quotes. That didn't bother me what more because I'm not interested in it just like the days of Noah is. Uh, my mind is occupied. I've got something to do when I get through. Yes, I understand that. Yes, I believe it. Well, yeah, that was a quote. Oh, yeah, but you know what? It really doesn't speak to me. I don't really get it. Then it won't do you any good. There is to be a presence of God, and he's here now, and the book has been opened. It's a present tense book, unveiling the truth hidden in the scriptures. Now it's not hidden anymore. Bringing forth the unveiling of the sons and daughters of God for the union with the sleeping saints that are glorified. They're already here. In another dimension, but the anointing is not on us that we can see them. I honestly believe, and I got, boy, that's a real good sermon. I'd even like to go back and preach the rest of it. I honestly believe that if the anointing of the presence is on us, that is our faith when we come in here. We won't have to work up any worship. We won't have to tell the people, say, Amen. There will be a spontaneous outflow of what's already in you coming forth out of your mouth, which praises only your faith and what you believe made real. Worship is only your revelation of what God is and doing coming out of your mouth back to God, confirming in your life that you believe it and that it is real. Amen. I'm not talking about a hollering, screaming bunch over a banjo or an upbeat meeting. I'm talking about there's a true revelation of the reality of God's Word in our heart. I have a revelation God is here. And if my soul can break through to that understanding, there's not one physical need. There's not one finance. There's not one mental thing. There's nothing that I have need of that God cannot and will not supply. He's here. He's proven that he will. We've seen people in the prayer line. Brother Bram said, here comes a, a prostitute up before me, and she just as simple as she can be. And I give her a little word, your name is so-and-so, and you got so-and-so. Do you believe that? And said that prostitute said, amen. She got that simple faith. It just drops. That mind don't even stop. It drops right down there. She said, amen, and she's healed instantly. Here comes a good, sanctified, holy, legalistic believer. Thinks if they pray long enough, dress long enough, what more than everything's right, 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 right. I'm at peace with the neighbor, God, and everybody else. I don't know whether you will or not. Oh, God, will you, will you, will you? They say they miss it. Why? Because it is receiving what God has already done for you. 
God can't save your soul this morning. He's already done it. 2,000 years ago, God saw your name in the Lamb's book of life. Let's put it like this. Your name was in the book of life, but there's a little section over here called the Lamb's book of life that when you come to the acceptance of who you are as the son or daughter of God, the awareness that your name was in a section over here called the Lamb's book of life is revealed to you, and you are different. My, I'm just getting warmed up. Y'all want to stand? See if I can. <laughs> to me, this is this is what I was birthed on. This is what uh, I understood the message was back in the 70s and 80s. I preached it now for almost 40 years, and it will come to pass. What now? The revelation of the presence is the spirit of wisdom and revelation of Ephesians 1, 15 to 17. We went over it and over it. Paul said, I'm going to pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, He will come to the church one day, and this spirit of wisdom and revelation will come and give you a knowledge of Himself to bring a resurrection and a rapture. It is a spirit of wisdom and understanding or revelation. Therefore, this spirit I'm talking about is trying to bring you a revelation of himself. And the only way he can do it is by the word. Are you following now? There's a spirit here designed to do it. We have found according to Jesus' own word, I'm reading a quote here, that the Son of Man, that's who he said it is, the Son of Man, is both present and is now here on earth with the believers, the church, now revealing himself to the elect of God to bring redemption to a close. It is over. The book is open. The judge has come. You don't understand it, but you have stood before the judge and been found not guilty. See, I'm only trying to get to your mind to accept what God has already told us He has done for us. And if I can get convinced, I will be concerned then. If God is here and I'm convinced, then I will get concerned of why this condition is not taken care of. You don't think I go through a mental warfare of putting up with this pain for 15 years and try to preach that God is here, that you're already healed? My body is telling me that what I'm preaching is a lie. But the Word of God is telling you what I'm preaching is the truth. So two of us, I vote for God's Word. God votes for His Word. The devil says it's not true, but two out of three ought to have the majority. And if I can get you to agree with me, God's word is right. That if 10 says so, it's true. If 100 says so, it's true. Then 100 shall put 10,000 to flight. There's probably a half a million demons this morning here anointing our minds, causing all the problems that we got in life. It's not the government that's doing it. It's not your wife. It's not your kids that's doing all this mess. It's demon power. It's devils disrupting your life, 
being disguised as mental spirits. My God. I don't, open, your, open your telephone. You got hell right here in your hand. Come on, talk to me. You got hell right here in your Oh, I don't believe in hell. You got it in your hand. You got the gates of hell right into your hand that we call a telephone. But it's no more than a telephone now. It's an open door to the powers of darkness. It's an open door for the fulfilling of the Antichrist taking over our world, our system, and putting us under the slavery and under the bondage that's going to kill every Christian on earth except those that do not conform to this Marxist, which is nothing but a Catholicism disguised, make-believe Christianity, deceiving the whole world. The Bible said they'd do it. Now we got message people scoffing, making fun of the perusal of Christ. We're looking for Jesus to come. I'm here to tell you, he's not coming. He's already here. When he comes, remember, when Jesus himself comes back and puts his foot on this earth, and he will, you and I will be with him. Now, God our Father, who is spirit, who is invisible, who is the Word, is here vindicated, proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, and He's here as a spirit to work on your mind, to get you to read the Bible correctly, hear the preaching of the Word correctly, put it in your mouth, believing it, confessing it, and acting as it's already done. That requires faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance, evidence, now, tangible thing. Let's stop right there. If I could put an X right there, I'd like to, Would it be all right if I, since I'm going on vacation, to start right there at that quote, not even print you another set of notes to get your mind going down the trail, but I would like to start right there and go over what I've got in mind because I'm looking at a mental attitude, a right mental attitude toward the presence of God that will bring the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Something in our mind, something in our spirit, something has to transpire for us to believe and confess what the Bible has already told us, what God has already proven and that element put in the mouth of people in union with the Word of God will bring forth the manifestation of this spirit of wisdom and revelation. God is here. He's only able to unveil Himself once we get in harmony with Him. I can't say He wasn't there today because He is here today. Your body cannot react because your natural mind and senses are telling you that it's not true. If your heart and your mind had a spiritual revelation of the validity of God's Word, 
and you understand that God keeps his word, then we walk in this building. I preached it for, to you for 30 years. We walk in this building with a joy, with a countenance. Sometimes I'm about, I come in about as sour as the rest of you do. But we are to walk in this building or even limp into this building under the battle scars of spiritual warfare. I'll put it like that. And I've been beat on. I've been spiritually hit, cussed out, defamed, put out, put in, and everything else. And I'm still standing. I've got a lot of scars, but I'm here telling you as an 81-year-old warrior that this Bible, your shield, your faith can destroy any enemy that the devil can put forward on you. Praise be to God. We have the victory. We have a revelation. He is here. He will protect us. He is protecting us, and he will take us out of here. Let's face something. Wait a minute. Huh? Might not meet, might need Randy. Come on up here, Randy. I don't know what she needs you for, but we might need you. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall also the presence of the Son of Man be. It tells you right there in that scripture that somebody called the Son of Man is present here now. Well, I don't understand that. Well, then let's get on our knees and open our Bible and listen to the Word of God, and then you will understand. Because why? It's not hidden. It's just open for us to receive it. I've said all in all along, even when I was a Pentecostal, you'll never get from God until you see yourself as a receiver. We are receivers. And we need to check our receiver to make sure all doubt is removed and every filter is moved out of our mind, our mouth, that our heart and soul can have a clear outlet to the Word of God. Amen? He was going to do it. He'll do it somewhere. I pray that he does it here. Every preacher desires for his congregation to be able to break through. I've seen them drum them up, beat them up, run them around the building, everything else trying to get a breakthrough. The only breakthrough is this. Every one of you apply your little part of the faith. Open up your mouth, and let's put it like this, like you used to. Shout and fake it until you make it. I'm not saying fake it till we make it. I'm saying have a revelation and take it because we are receivers of the presence of Almighty God. I don't know how to say it any different. You are special people. You're not of this world. You're not of the human race. You're of the kingdom race. You're God's own seed, sons and daughters of God, period. That's what we got to understand. What are we saying now?